Hello and welcome to Superfancast. This is Season 3, Episode 2. This week I've been getting my ambient rave on. Long Matt Silver has been cruising the seven seas with his heavy metal parrot. And we talked to Superfan Tim, who is a certified nut for all things Kiss. I'm sorry, I don't know where to start. How did you know about my parrot? <laughs> Heard him squawking. You, you've been getting a bit piratey, haven't you? Um, yeah, yeah, I've been getting into like pirate metal. I think you introduced me to pirate metal about a year back. You you were talking about Alestorm. Yep. Seventh Rum of Seventh Rum, which is fantastic. Just that the name is, is cracks me up. Yeah, it's a brilliant record. I don't know anything else by Alestorm, actually, but I should listen to more stuff by them. Or I, well, maybe that's a lie. Maybe I did listen to a few other records by them. But they do it really well. I must admit, I don't know pirate metal that much. I think before Alestorm, when I wanted to listen to pirate music, I listened to Dropkick Murphys, and that was it. Mm. And I think Dropkick Murphys do it really well. Yeah. But I now know that there's actually a lot of bands out there that do pirate-sounding music. Yeah, it's a proper genre, yeah. Have you discovered anyone else other than Hailstorm? Well, I've been listening to Swashbuckle. I, I prefer Hailstorm, but, but I would say that Swashbuckle, um, I, I think their their names are really, really funny. Yeah, <laughs> so their members are called Admiral Nobeard, Commodore Redrum, and... <laughs> Another guy called Eric W. Brown, which isn't very funny. But the past past members have included Captain Crash Ride, Cabin Boy R. Swipe, and Bootsman Collins, which is really cool. But that was the that was the drummer. That name should have been given to the bass player. You know, obviously Boots Bootsy Collins, Bootsman Collins. Wow. But whatever, you know, it's still funny. Swashbuckle. If you search for Swashbuckle, you will f- you will probably find a lot of videos from the kids' show in the UK called Swashbuckle, which is like a, a game show for six or seven year olds. Um, oh yeah, and it's I know pirate themed. So if you're going to look up Swashbuckle, then try and look for the the ones that actually have people playing guitars and play music. Um, and is that a similar similar style of music to Ailstorm? In some ways, so pirate metal it's got a very clear sound with the guitars like almost sea shanty style melodies and like very rip roaring energy and both of those have got that very clear difference in the two though is the vocals Aelstorm, the vocals are just super piratey like straight away you hear it like oh yeah they're a bunch of pirates <laughs> it's the accent and it's the the sort of cheekiness and actual like, like one of them sounds like mr Krabs from spongebob yeah, I, I love the vocals in Elstorm. It's exactly um, what you want if you're going to put on some pirate music. That's exactly yeah. what you want to hear. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if, if you're like, you know, I want some, I want a pirate rock band. Like, this is this is the sound, you know. And they've got like folk instruments, and they've got they've got some horns in their in their latest album, Seventh Run of Seventh Run, and it sounds quite that's quite good actually. Um, but Swashbuckle, the vocals sound a bit more kind of traditional heavy metal bit like max cavalera from soulfly you know very sort of aggressive Mm. but the lyrics are pretty funny and and cheeky and very pirate themed that's cool they've got a they've got a song called poop deck toilet wreck (laughs) love it do they have a a accordion they don't know uh swashbuckle are a trio Um, oh yeah guitar bassist slash vocalist and a drummer all right that'll be interesting to hear because i think that actually the the bigger band sound works for this this genre really, where it sounds like a whole crew of men. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, that's that's such a good point. Yeah, Aelstorm sound like a crew of 
pirates. Yeah, I think there's only four or maybe five of them, but it definitely sounds like a whole deck of men. I think there's five of them. Yeah, yeah, and they've got they've got the keys, and they've got you know people on stage like dancing and stuff like that. So it feels Mm. much more like a big party. But uh, Swashbuckler, I found them really entertaining as well. Mm. That's awesome. I might check them out. Thanks for reminding me actually, because yeah, I I did really like did really like Elstorm. I need to listen to that record again. Uh, I'm just looking at them on Wikipedia at the minute actually, and. It definitely sounds like there's an accordion in Elstorm, but I can't seem to see any evidence of that. They do yeah. have Hurdy Gurdy on Seventh Run of the Seventh Run. Yeah, uh, I think I think what sounds like an accordion is actually a uh, synthesizer. Right. Okay. And the horns, they all kind of sound sound like an accordion. Interesting. I'll also I'll also mention it was pretty funny that the their latest album uh, i found a deluxe version of it on spotify and it contains a version of all the songs but replacing the vocals with dog noises oh my god just dogs barking <laughs> barking the melody but that's not released by elstorm is it it is yeah it's on the official deluxe version oh my god <laughs> yeah they got it's it's got the the main album as the first disc then second disc is full of acoustic versions and then the third disc is all the songs but with dogs bizarre yeah what you've been listening to oh i've been on the complete other end of the spectrum to be honest so i've been listening to a lot this week uh, a group called carbon-based life forms and the album i've been listening to is called derelicts and carbon-based have you heard of carbon-based life forms no i saw you posted it on twitter oh <sighs> So good, man. So good. So Carbon Based Lifeforms are a Swedish duo, electronic music duo, and they've been making music together since the mid-90s. And their music is... Well, I mean, certainly this album, this this album I've been listening to, Derelicts, it came out in 2017. It's not their newest. They have had a, a more recent record. I think it came out in 2021. I haven't listened to it yet, though. Um, Derelicts was just recommended to me on YouTube, so I started listening to it. And then since then, I've listened to it I've probably listened to it in full six or seven times in the last few days. It's really, really good. And, and musically, it is like subtly psychedelic, ambient electronica, but it's really introspective music. It makes you think about the meaning of existence and the universe. Mm. And it's it's really beautiful, really stunning, stunning music. I think if Dead Planet by Eat Static, if that's the soundtrack to exploring new planets and forms of life, then Derelicts by Carbon-Based Lifeforms is the soundtrack to just launching out into space for the first time, coming to terms with the emptiness and the vastness of space. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of on that same it's on that same journey. It's just earlier on in the journey, but it's it's, it's really gorgeous. It, the the variety of sounds in it and the, the samples, the moods, it's all really engaging. And for for an ambient sound, it's not one that sits in the background. It's one that has you really engaged and really listening to what's going on and you know, mm. all the layers of uh, sound in it the artwork is also stunning like yeah yeah i was gonna say i'm just looking at it now and all their album covers look like beautiful pieces of photography like yeah do you know what stunning. they remind me of they they yeah because they're all the same style throughout their whole career they've had the same style for their album covers with a, a really nice piece of artwork and then the text in the same font same size and they remind me of like when i was a kid my dad had loads of like Arthur C. Clarke novels in his study. Mm. 
and I just yeah. kind of flick through them and look at the pictures and, and the covers of those novels. It kind of reminds me of that. They all look like sci-fi novels, basically. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. And I think even with the name, like carbon-based life forms, they're very much playing on the whole kind of sci-fi aesthetic. Um, yeah. Based off that, it is kind of what you expect. And also my description. I've done a great a great job of describing their music there. Uh, yeah, it's just gorgeous. They've also kind of put me on to an artist who I don't know anything about actually, so I don't I don't know if it's uh, a person or if it's a group of people called Abacus. I've listened mm. to a couple of records by Abacus this week as well that was recommended based off my listening of of carbon based life forms. Again, quite similar, but Abacus is a bit more upbeat and has some some more complex melodies to it, whereas carbon based life forms is much more much more ambient um all really good stuff though but yeah out in the out in the solar system rather than on the on the seven seas oh i see i see what you did there <laughs> oh mate yeah, that's if, cool i'll check those out yeah yeah definitely well i, I like it <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about swashbuckle before and i discovered that they played at a heavy metal cruise festival a few years ago it's the world's biggest heavy metal cruise 70,000 tons of metal that's what it's called 70,000 tons of metal it's a good uh, name it's a good name for a festival it's amazing because obviously they're they're on 70,000 tons of metal although i actually looked at the stats and it's more like 150,000 tons of metal but it's not got the same ring to it maybe it started off on 70,000 tons maybe they had a smaller ship before yeah they've been they've been building it up and up and up yeah, yeah that's how long has it been going so it started in 2011, and they're advertising for mm, the one in January of 2023. So yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. So they tend to start around Miami in Florida and sail off to somewhere in Caribbean or Mexico or somewhere nice like that. So, and yeah, it just looks really fun. Like looking at the, uh, did you look at the website? I, t- I mentioned this to you before. Yeah, I look. I looked at the website and I looked at a few videos on YouTube, and yeah, I got to say, if, if I was twenty years old and single, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks wild. It does look um, bonkers. Yeah, bonkers. I watched some performances from the twenty twenty uh, cruise, mm-hmm. uh, and I got to say, the sound wasn't that great. I wonder if cruise ships halls are really designed for that genre of music and that volume of music. <laughs> because, was um, was it was it indoors or outdoors? Uh, I think I'm just I'm just talking about indoor performances. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any outdoor oh, okay. performances. Okay, because because I know because I know they've got a pool deck, uh, okay. where they have a stage by the pool, hot tubs, of course. You know, lots of <laughs> lots of half naked people just sort of moshing around. <laughs> sound is, is sound tends to not be very good on the open deck, yeah. from my experience. But obviously, the you know if the atmosphere is good, then people don't really care, do they? I mean, on this website, it boasts that um, it's a 24-7 bars, bars that never close. They also have uh, clinics and workshops with the musicians and the infamous belly flop contest. I saw that. I saw the belly flop contest. That looked looked good fun. I mean, the the whole thing is just like, like you said, it's just a music festival, isn't it? But it just happens to be on a boat. But that just makes it way better because you've got a, a hotel room, basically, instead of a tent. And you've got loads of pools, you've got nice weather. It's yeah. just awesome, I think, yeah. Hardcore yeah, partying, got... live music, meet and greets with bands. Yeah, you've got a little um, mini golf. <laughs> right, mini, I can't believe I didn't mention the mini golf. <laughs> well, you, you know, you don't get that in a music festival, do you? You don't normally get <laughs> you that in a music festival, no. 
So back back to the back to the the stages. So when you play on a ship, do you play yeah. out in in the open or in a hall? You kind of it's kind of a mixture, because because if it's a nice day, they might put you out on the open deck and it's everyone's sunbathing and listening to you and it's it's good atmosphere. All right. What is it nice? Do you prefer to play outdoors? Uh, it depends on the crowd. So, I mean, I did New Year last year and. You know, it was a great crowd. Like everyone was out and just going mad, like really having fun. It was a proper. It was a lot of space, you know, to to dance around. But also, also like you know, with COVID restrictions, playing outside gives a lot more freedom for people. Whereas mm. inside, there's a there's a bit more like you can't you can't do this, you can do this. It's a bit more, you know, they want to be safe, keep everyone safe. So I don't know really. I think I'd probably there's there's pros and cons with both. Yeah. But I must say, I like the idea of 70,000 tons of metal, and it looks like an absolute blast. Um, yeah, in a, in another life, I'd, I'd be there. Yeah, it really does, yeah. I, I, I don't... I recognise some of the older artists from previous ones, but uh, from the latest one, I only, I only recognise, like, one or two. They list the bands alphabetically, which is a bit weird. Mm, that's a little bit of school days, isn't it? There's no, like, headliners <laughs> of supporting acts. It's just like, here's the bands... <laughs> look for the one you like. Yeah, I didn't look at the lineup for seventy thousand tons of metal, but I was looking at the lineup for this year's uh, Kiss Cruise. Kiss Cruise, yeah, Kiss Cruise with Cruise spelled with a K. Oh, they spell it. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. But it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It's a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> they spell everything with a K, don't they? Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Like if they had, if they had their own cookies, start with a K. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously Kiss have have their own cruise as well. It's five nights, I think, and they do, I think they do two weeks. So you 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 wouldn't go for both weeks. You'd go for the first five nights or the second five nights. But yeah, it's like seventy thousand tons. It's it's a full on music festival just on a ship. When I first heard of the Kiss cruise, just in doing this, uh, in doing this episode of the podcast, I kind of looked into the Kiss cruise, and I was thinking it was a Kiss thing really. And I was thinking, God, you've got to be a massive Kiss fan to commit to that. But I guess it's no different to something like Ozfest, you know, where yeah. it's headlined by Ozzy or Black Sabbath, but actually it's just a great festival in its own right. It's got nothing to do with that. necessarily them. Yeah. Um, so looking at the lineup this year for Kiss Cruise, which you know it just finished two weeks ago, um, the beginning of November it finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, solid lineup. Yeah, they had like Lita Ford, Buck Cherry, Dokken, Warrant, Black Label Society. So you know, pl- plenty of big names. Yeah, I mean, even if Kiss didn't do it, and I think that there is some ambiguity as to whether they are going to perform on the Kiss Cruise in future, so it will become something like Ozfest or Notfest, you know, where it's just a festival taking taking its name from the band moving forward. Mm. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, that is cool though. I I don't know any other band that has a cruise named after them. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the amount. I guess you'll talk about this later. But the the amount of merchandise and branding, just put <laughs> just put their faces on everything. I mean, it's 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 genius, you know. And I'm not taking away from from their music, but like, you know, the whole marketing aspect is very very clever. It is, yeah, yeah. On on the Kiss Cruise this year, I noticed there was a band on the lineup called Black Sabbath. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. They're uh, like all it. female Black Sabbath cover band, and I know you like the Iron Maidens, so maybe check out the Black Sabbath. I will check them out. Yeah, I'm, I don't know about it. Yeah, are they a bit? Are they a bit gimmicky? They're very good. You know, they're they're talented musicians, but 
and I'm going to sound very unwoke for saying this, I don't want to hear a woman singing Ozzy's parts. You know, in the same way that I wouldn't go and see an all-male, no-doubt cover band. It'd just be weird, wouldn't it? Like, Well, yeah, especially singing I'm Just a Girl and all that. Yeah, that would well, be weird. Yeah. Oh, come on. You, there's got to be some Black Sabbath lyrics you can find that are referring to his manhood. There's got to be. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it just didn't. it just didn't sound right. It just sounded a little bit... But I just I, I I like I like the fact that I don't know like I say all female uh, cover bands rather than gender swapped cover bands because I can't think of any you know all male versions of female bands if that makes sense yeah you know like I don't I don't think there's an all male version of the Spice Girls or I don't no know, there isn't cause. yeah there isn't it just isn't I'm just I'm fairly confident to say yeah, there isn't <laughs> no <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm assuming there isn't. Um, but if you're just, a member just, of the Spice Boys, then please get in touch with the show. I just think it's nice to to do a, a different twist on a cover band. It's not just a band that is exactly the same. It, it's 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 different. It's it's a twist on you know they're all ladies, and I think there needs to be more ladies in rock music. Oh, by the way, I looked up the Spice Boys, and I just found loads and loads of links to um, Indian restaurants. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's uh, let's go learn a little bit more about Kiss. Kiss are an American rock band formed in 1973 in New York City. Kiss was formed by Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, who knew each other from their previous band, Wicked Lester. The original lineup was rhythm guitarist and vocalist Stanley, bassist Simmons, plus Ace Freely on lead guitar and Peter Chris on drums. Early on, Kiss began experimenting with onstage personas and theatrics. By March of 73, they had created their iconic characters that would stay with them for most of their career to date. Kiss made a big impact before releasing their debut LP with successful live shows and even their first TV appearance. It is surprising, therefore, that their debut didn't do as well as they would have hoped for, even though it is now considered a glam rock classic. I don't want anyone writing in and saying that I've got it wrong by saying glam rock or anything. The fact that I've said that debut album was a glam rock classic because it was voted as, uh, yeah, top 100 glam rock albums or something came, came in, top 10. They continued to release studio albums almost every year for close to two decades each record seeing increasing levels of success. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, incredible. In 1983, the band decided to lose the makeup for a period and released seven of their studio albums without the characters, taking them through to 1997. At this time, after a few different musicians had cycled through the band, the original lineup got back together and put on the makeup again. They have since released three further studio albums, and uh, with the most recent in, in 2012, and they've continued to tour as hard as they did 30 years ago. To this day, there are not many music fans in the Western world who would not recognise KISS. They have an offensively large back catalogue and an equally impressive touring history. They are glam rock royalty whose hits will continue to grace the airwaves for many decades to come. I can't disagree with any of that. Yeah, cool. Tell me, what do you know about KISS? Not very much. Uh, I've got to say, I do have their greatest hits album or one of their greatest hits album they've got about 10 i think i've had it in my car for years and i really like it i i, I find i find it a bit of a guilty pleasure i think with kiss 
what I found is that they're a band that people don't realize they like until they discover what music they've done. So, for example, I'd say, oh, I'm going to put Kiss on in the car and my friends would be like, oh, no, no, Kiss are, yeah, Kiss are shit. I don't want to listen to them. And then they start listening and they're like, oh, actually, yeah, this is this is good. Oh, this is, you know, there, there's so many classics that everybody loves. Everyone's, uh, I think you said before, like, I don't think anybody dislikes Kiss. It's, it's hard to dislike Kiss. Mm. You know, they're just they're just so much fun and the songs are catchy. They're good at what they do. They put on a good show. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, I think also a lot of people don't realise who Kiss are. I think that they're, the way they look doesn't... Like, if you don't know their music, yeah. and you, if you don't know music that much, <laughs> like, if you're not that into music, yeah. uh, but you but you do know what Kiss look like, you expect yeah. something very different. And so you might hear their songs on the radio and just have no idea that's that's the band. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, even just, just the star child face, you know, like the star over his eye. Yeah. It's, it's so simple, but it's, it's, it's everywhere, isn't it? Like video games, comics, and movies—it's yeah. it's, just—it's just a thing that that is part of the zeitgeist, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably pretty similar to you, to be honest. I don't have their greatest hits, um, but I, yeah, I think I know as much about Kiss as most people who aren't Kiss fans, really. Mm-hmm. They're one of those, but there was one of those bands that, even though I'm not into them, I could still name all the members. <laughs> because they're all they're yeah. all characters, you know, and um, you know, I knew the hits like crazy nights and i was made for loving you rock and roll all night and all that like all the hits you hear on the radio and and I could, like i said in that in that little spiel before you know going to continue to hear that on the radio for, for many many decades they're they're great and i dare say pop rock hits really yeah yeah they're, they're great songs just party anthems really party rock anthems yeah, that's it yeah it's party band yeah but i i must admit i, I didn't expect to see how prolific they were i mean wow they release records don't they like jesus yeah. they have just I, I i never knew they were so busy just so much music out there and so much touring like mm-hmm. they never stop touring crazy yeah their latest tour i know it was uh interrupted by covid but it started in 2016 and i don't even know when it's going to end like it's <laughs> they're, they're touring now they're on tour at the minute with this same tour from 2016 and uh i don't know when the end date is is, is going to be and they, uh, they, they've said that's their last tour, but really, I mean, if you look at their history, they've just done so much, so much yeah. live, live stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, and and Gene Simmons is like seventy three. Yeah, it's crazy. 70. Eh? I mean, it's just... and they're still dressing up. You know, the, the tour they're on now, they're, they're dressing up. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you? What are your thoughts on their on their costumes, personas? Ah, it's not. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. It's a bit of fun though, isn't it? It's not. And also, I don't think that. I guess don't take it too seriously either. Like, yes, they've got they've got these on stage, but I don't know if personas is necessarily the right word. I've used it a few times, I know, since we've been talking about Kiss, but they're not really personas, are they? I mean, like, they put all the makeup on and the, the clothing on, but they're still just the band. I mean, if they take the makeup off and the clothing off, they're not acting any differently, really, are they? I mean, yes, it's quite theatrical, their live shows, but they're not pretending to be, like, guar, you know? Guar are pretending to yeah. be different people, like, yeah, kiss, are just, yeah. kiss are just being a kiss, but they're, they're putting some makeup on. Yeah, the cat man isn't pretending to be a cat. <laughs> Bloody cat man. He's, he's like, uh, after the gig, he's just drinking out of a bowl of milk. <laughs> I really thought, I really thought my whole life until this month that cat man was meant to be a mouse. 
They look so much like a mouse. I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it, but it's not very rock and roll, is it? Either way, it's not very rock and roll. Rock and roll cat, rock and roll mouse. It's all the same, isn't it? So yeah, so that's me. That's Kiss. Cool. Uh, Someone who knows Kiss a lot better than you and I is a gentleman called Tim. Tim Sanderson, who I spoke to uh, about a week ago about his obsession for Kiss. And... Yeah, let's 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 hear Tim what he had to say, uh, and then we'll come back and, and have a little chat about it. Okay. Can you tell us your background with Kiss? When, if you remember, when did it all start? With me, Kiss started back in the seventies. Uh, my uncle, I always looked up to him. He was only about six years older than me, but he was almost like a brother. And anything he did was just the coolest to me. And I almost, you know, wanted to emulate him and that type of thing. And he asked for Christmas one year. He wanted the latest Kiss album, Kiss Destroyer. And so my mom, being his sister, she said, well, I'll get that for him for Christmas. So we go shopping and all that. And she couldn't find that album. And she ended up buying another Kiss album for him. And me, at that age, you know, I, I wasn't really paying attention. Didn't really care too much, you know. But uh, I knew he liked Kiss, so that did intrigue me, you know, because anything he liked, I wanted to like. <laughs> so Christmas Day comes, he gets the album. He, he's happy, but he's not excited because it wasn't the exact Kiss album he wanted. He wanted Kiss Destroyer, their album Destroyer. Yeah. So the next day we go shopping after Christmas, my mom and I and I said, hey, I'm going to go to the toy department and the record department. And so she went over to the department store where she went, wherever she was going. And I went to the record department and looked and saw the Kiss Destroyer album. And that was the album my uncle wanted. If I got that album, I would be the cool guy to him. He would he would like think I was awesome. And, and so I look and pick it up, and I'm just I'm blown away as a young kid. I mean, I've seen record albums by Fleetwood Mac and, you know, just different artists, you know, bad company and things. And here's this album with these four guys on the front that look like superheroes. And at my age, I'm honestly wondering, are these musicians or are they actually superheroes? Or, you know, their faces are white and painted up. They're scary looking, but yet they're, it's so intriguing. They're sitting on top of this, in front of this whole city. It looks like it's burned up and they're on these rocks with their fists pumped up in the air and kiss and big logo with the, lightning bolt s's and i said i've got to i've got to get this if not for my uncle for me i just i got to find out more about it i was all in spider-man batman all the superheroes so this just fit right in there Mm. so we get back and my uncle sees it holy cow you've got the destroy i must listen to it and so we we put it on he was all man this is great and we're listening to all the songs on the album and the day ends and i take the album home and i put it on and listen to it in my own bedroom and and then I listened to it again and again and again, and uh, that was it. I was just hooked. I wanted to know anything I could about this band Kiss, and that was it. <laughs> awesome. And has has that? Well, I don't know why I'm asking the question, really, but has that passion for Kiss maintained throughout? I mean, that's a well, nearly forty years. Yeah, it it really ha- it had subsided a little bit. Um, maybe early '80s when Kiss was kind of putting out a couple albums that weren't quite in their hard rock type mode and uh people were getting a little i guess disenfranchised with them being a little more you know concept album with the album called the elder that they put out and they did a little disco-y kind of thing with the dynasty album but 
Um, it waned a little, but not much. Um, when they, they, I still followed them. When they put the makeup back on in 1996, I, I was just right back 100%. It may have dived down a little bit, but not much. I was right back where I started. Awesome. And um, we're going to talk about your about the merchandise that you've got because you sent some awesome pictures. I've got some questions about some of the stuff in those pictures, but sure. just generally about memorabilia. Back when you first got into Kiss, because I know Kiss are a band that are very much into the memorabilia that you can get Kiss everything. Was that still a thing back then, or is it something that's come in more recently? Uh, that was back then. It just ramped up. It just got bigger and bigger. You know, you would. Uh, you see a KISS shirt or something, and then, you know, pretty soon it was the KISS comic book, which was first rock group in a comic book, and or to my knowledge, and they, they actually put their own blood in the comic book. They went to the <laughs> to the yeah. place where they did the comic, they actually extracted vials of their blood, mixed it with the red ink, and threw all of the prints of the book. That is so, bizarre, uh, it? It really is. And, you know, it, they did that and just kept going, the lunchbox dolls figures a makeup kit so it just kept ramping up and then uh, you know the record players they had all that type of stuff and then when they got back together in 96 it exploded again they you know put out even more stuff and you have rabid fans like myself and many others that just gobbled it up <laughs> uh, at what at what point did you realize you were a collector of these things um I, w I would say probably when they got back together in 96, I right, had a few things, my albums and stuff, but it just really like, wow, I just love this band. I want to get more and more stuff. <laughs> I just, you know, what can I get that's got the two squilly little S's on there? So I would, yeah. I would look at anything and, you know, uh, if it was there and I could afford it, I would get it. There's still some things I don't have, but for the most part, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> so you've got a whole room uh in the downstairs of your house dedicated to or is it is a study is it but it's it's pretty much uh, a museum of your of your kiss memorabilia <laughs> yeah yeah it is it's actually my my office slash uh kiss museum so i do my work out of here when i'm working and uh you know look around and it's nice because in between calls and things i can look and look at my memorabilia and you know smile <laughs> pick up a thing or two and look at it but yeah, this is uh this is where I spend my time when I'm working. So, yeah, it is really impressive. What's the most Thank recent you. Kiss purchase that you made? The most recent one was uh, a set of s small action figure dolls from the Rock and Roll Over album. Uh, it was like a big box uh, set, and I actually haven't opened it. Most of the stuff I don't open; I just leave it sealed, protecting the value of it. So that was the last thing I picked up. My daughter actually bought it for me. She said. Dad, I'm at the store and I see this kit. I said, don't say anymore. Buy it. So <laughs> she bought it and I paid her back. So <laughs> so some some of the things that I noticed uh, that I wanted to bring up was you've got an entire collection of KISS puzzles. Yes, yes. I've got those. <laughs> those were from the, well, four of them are from the 70s. Uh, one of each of the art of the artists. And then the other two or three were the Destroyer and then Love Gun album. Uh, I've also got actually another one I forgot about that uh, was done in '96, I believe. So, and yeah, are you I've someone got... who keep do you keep everything boxed, or have you opened these things? Have you done the puzzles? Uh, if it's the puzzles, I have done because they were already opened when I got them. Oh, okay. If it's something I bought, generally I did not or have not opened it. I keep it sealed. So, 
I'm a big fan of the Gene Simmons coffee mug where his tongue is the handle. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> it's a set of four of those, but the one with his tongue really sets it off because you can grab the tongue there and have your coffee. So yeah, <laughs> again, I've never used it. It's in the box. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that that's pretty neat. <laughs> and and the other one that stood out was the Kiss Crunch breakfast cereal. Was that was that a thing in stores? Or was that just a novelty no. that you found online? I found that online, there's a gentleman, he makes these cereals like if it had come out in the 70s. Oh, right. And I don't like to buy stuff that's like not really endorsed by Kiss or really didn't happen, but it just looks so cool. I said, you know, I've got to have that. And again, being a kid in the 70s, you know, you get the little toy with it and all of that. It just it just looks so cool. If Kiss had done a cereal box in the 70s, that's what it would have probably looked like. So. That's yeah, awesome. I, I like that. <laughs> so, just last thing on memorabilia, then. What's talk us through your favorite thing that you own? Undoubtedly, my Kiss pinball. That was the, uh, I would say the holy grail. But yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> I would say it's the holy grail of Kiss collectible items. They have one that they came out with uh, several years ago by Stern Pinball Machine Company. But this is the Valley one from the seventies. And it's somewhat hard to find. I located a gentleman about 100 miles away, and he had it for sale. We came to terms on a price, and the great thing about it was uh, I went down there to get it with my dad. And my dad and I, we're, we're close, but just with life, we don't get to spend a lot of time with each other and stuff. So we both got into a, bought a truck from a friend of ours and drove down together and laughed and got the pinball and put it up in there and stopped and got some lunch and talked and got it up here to the room. And, you know, it was fun spending time with my dad. I think about that almost as much as the pinball machine. And, and thankfully, I've still got my dad with me and my mom. And they've lived with my Kiss obsession all of my life. So thanks, Mom and Dad, for <laughs> putting up oh, with my awesome. crazy collection. But, yeah, that's that's my holy grail, the Kiss pinball. Awesome. Uh, so tell us about the time that you met Kiss in 2016. Yeah, 2016, uh, the Freedom to Rock tour. They have come to my local coliseum here where I live, and uh, I was debating about do I get just tickets for the concert or do I go all out and meet them? And the price at the time was steep and still is steep if you do that. And I was just like, you know, what do I do? And I was like, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I've always wanted to meet them for over, you know, nearly 40-some years why not do it? So, you know, I scarfed up the money. I bought one ticket because I could only afford for myself to go. And, uh, you know, it gave you a front row seat. It gave you a chance to meet the band. You got two things autographed and you got a pre-concert without the makeup where they would perform right in front of you. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, I, I had to do it. So uh, I documented that, put it on YouTube <laughs> and uh, uh, went and saw them. And it, it was just everything... I could imagine it, it really was um and, and kind of going back to the holy grail of collectibles it is the pinball machine but when i had them sign my magazine there because uh my oncologist was on the back of the magazine advertising the local hospital where he worked and the kiss was on the front it was a boomer magazine from that year and i had my oncologist sign it because kiss got me through that rough time going through chemotherapy and all of my surgeries for that whole year and I said, if I ever meet Kiss, I'm going to have them sign the front. And so I told my doctor that. He said, well, good luck to that. And that day came, I said, you know what? I'm getting it signed. So when I showed it to him, and I kind of briefly told 
each of the members my story there because they were under a time constraint, but they were just so nice. Said, oh, man, glad you're doing better. Hope you're in remission. And they signed it. And, you know, and uh, it, it was it was awesome. It was it was awesome. That's cool. And did you go back and show your oncologist? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. He was just he gave me the thumbs up. He said, good for you. Good for you. I said, yeah, I got all my heroes on here. You saved my life and kiss me got kiss got me through a, a rough time. So you guys all helped save me. So thank you. <laughs> so how how many times have you seen them live? Do you know? I would say about ten to twelve times, maybe. Okay, that's um, modest. Different. So yeah, it different different places and different venues. So. And was that twenty sixteen performance your? Well, I guess that's your most memorable live experience, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I've seen them, I think, since then, maybe three times or so. Uh, so have you seen a number of different lineups? I have seen the original lineup, and then I've seen the lineup that's current right now with uh, Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer. So I've seen um, you know, the one with Gene Paul, Ace, and Peter, the original four, and then them as well. So uh, each of the lineups, I thought they were, they're all on their A game, at least in my opinion. They sound great. So are they still are they still on this final tour at the moment? Yeah, this tour um that doesn't seem to end. I think officially I read somewhere the other day this is the longest tour they've had. It just keeps going. It started before COVID and it kind of shut yeah. down and then picked back up and it's just kind of been slow going. I think they're trying to fill in all the spots on the planet to go to before they call it quits and they've got dates booked out next year. So I'm hoping to catch them at least one more time before it's all over. Well, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Do you still plan on seeing them live? Yeah, if, if I can, yeah. I, I will definitely do that if I can. Um, I'm going to see Ace Fraley. He's coming by himself, but um, he's not with the current lineup, so I don't really count that. But I'm going to go see him first part of next year. But hope to catch Kiss at some point, at least before they call it quits. And, and are you confident that that is quits then? You know, never say never with Kiss. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, they've kept it going I, a while, haven't they? <laughs> they? They really have, you know, and it's, you know, they keep it going. You think that's it and just, well, they're doing this. And I'm thinking even after the final show, maybe, well, we'll do a quick little, maybe a tour here or we'll do a quick spot here or something. Who who knows? It maybe won't be a tour, but just little one-off concerts or festivals possibly. But you never know with Kiss. They They write the rules their own way. Yeah, and I guess well, I, I mean they're getting on a bit now, aren't they? But so Ace Freely's still got still got uh, side projects and solo work for you to get into. What about the other guys? Yeah, I don't think Peter Crispelly does much anymore. I think he does a few things here or there, but I think he's kind of retired. Um, so the rest of the band, you know, if they keep on going, I know Paul has a side project called Soul Station where he does these classic R and B Motown hits, and it's really good. Uh, I love I love all types of music, so I love hearing that as well. I think Gene will probably end up doing some stuff as uh, you know along his line. So uh, I think Kiss will continue in one form or another uh, going forward. Mm. And even if they don't, in fairness, you've got such a back catalogue. <laughs> you've got plenty of music to keep you going. <laughs> you? I absolutely do. Absolutely. <laughs> so with, with regards to the music now, away from away from the memorabilia and live experiences, what's your or do you have a, a favorite album or favorite era for the band? Uh, favorite era would be in the 70s, that, you know, 76, 77 era. Uh, the Destroyer album that I originally picked up and saw, that would be my favorite album. And sticking with that, Detroit Rock City, the first track off of that album is the one that 
got me and it's still my favorite. I mean, that rising guitar thrashing starting at the beginning and da 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 that just builds up and uh, it's still my favorite song. Still mm-hmm. my favorite. I have this theory that most people, when when they're 16, the music that they were into when they were 16 tends to be the music that they carry through the rest of their life. So we, how old were you around that time, Destroyer period? I was about 12 years old. Oh, that's a bit yeah. early. So, yeah, I was about 12 maybe, years maybe old. Maybe you're an early developer. Yeah, I might, <laughs> might have been, so yeah. But that, that's about when I was, 12 years old. And what's your gateway album? So when when people when you're talking to people who don't know Kiss that well on, on into their music, what's the album that you put them onto? Somebody just starting off, uh, I would probably put them towards their first album, Kiss, because that's kind of the basic of what they started with. A lot of those staples are still in their tour uh, list and songs that they play. I mean, you got Deuce and Strutter, Firehouse, Hundred Thousand Years, you know, all, all Black Diamond, all those one form or another were usually played. And it gives you that original Kiss sound. Destroyer was a great album, but it was a little more polished. Uh, still my favorite, but not really typical of Kiss's sound. You you would probably look at their first three albums and maybe even Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun uh, to round it out. But I, I would probably put them on Kiss, their first album. And, so, and let's assume I've never heard Kiss before. How How would you describe their sound to me? How would I describe that? Uh, <laughs> You've got to sell uh, to me. I just, uh, straightforward, in your face, foot stomping, jamming rock and roll. Uh, no no, no, uh, no qualms about it. I mean, that's what it is. It's just right, at, right in your face. I think it's pretty accurate. I yeah. think it's pretty accurate. <laughs> do you have any kiss tattoos? I do not. I do oh. not. I have no tattoos. So, um tattooless some kind of an oddity in this world i i still have thought about it and thought about getting kiss on there or maybe you know something else and of course getting my kids names or something but uh i've yet to do that uh i always see somebody with a kiss tattoo it's like wow that's pretty awesome i should, yeah. <laughs> I should do that i was like yeah you know so <laughs> yeah they, ha- they haven't got the collection you've got though what about uh, so <laughs> no one can see your kiss tattoo when you're walking around but do you wear like i know you've got a bunch of kiss belt buckles do you wear kiss kiss t-shirts or kiss belt buckles don't wear the buckles but i wear my kiss t-shirts pretty regularly i've got t-shirts and sweatshirts and jackets uh you know hats <laughs> so i i rotate them around i'm wearing one right now oh brilliant okay yeah, <laughs> and do, do you hang do a lot of your friends listen to kiss as well not really uh I might have one, but even then, they don't have the passion that I do about it. You know, most of my friends are like, "Oh yeah, they're okay," you know, and but but they're they're really not into it. I, you know, as Kiss fans, a lot of us have taken heat over the years because you know, you either in the Kiss army, you weren't. There was no middle ground, and mm. you know, people even sometimes as you got older, you know, make fun of you, say, "Yeah, you like them? They got makeup on and all that. Come on, listen to some listen to some real music." So. <laughs> But I never did. I didn't listen. Yeah. What, what about fan club? Were, were, were there or is there a fan club? Well, the Kiss Army. I mean, that's it. Uh, Kiss Army started, I guess, back in 74, 5. Uh, oh, Rick Starkey started that. Yeah. And and still going strong. Um, you know, they, that's just their allegiance of fans. He he came up to her. And I mean, I get all the story straight, but they radio station wasn't playing 
Kiss music, and he called him up and said, hey, you need to play some Kiss music, or the Kiss Army's going to come up there and make you. And these people all gathered up, and it became the Kiss Army. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that was it, and it, it just stuck. So that's what they're called, the Kiss Army. But so, so you do. So, although your friends aren't into Kiss, you do you communicate with other Kiss fans online or forums or message groups, things. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's where I mostly communicate. People that share that passion with the internet now, it's so nice because you can connect with people on any type of subject or thing oh, yeah. about what your passion is. It's great, and so you can find that. And you know, when I back in the seventies, when you look at a Kiss or like a Kiss album, you would just play the record and listen to the record. Because you couldn't look online, you could you could get a magazine maybe, but you didn't know when the next album was coming out. You didn't know much about them. All you had was that little bit of information you may read in a magazine, or that they may have a tour next year or something, and and that was it. Today, you, it's updated all the time. You can find out anything. Yeah, it was a very different listening experience as well. I mean, obviously now you can stream everything, but I assume you own all the records, do you? Well, I own all the records and CDs, and cassettes, and eight tracks. Right, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, I have every form, and then digital as well. So, uh, in fact, some albums, like Destroyer, actually have about eight or nine copies of that album. Um, wow. Some Some duplicates and, and triple, four, you know, five, six copies. So. Just different releases, or...? Some different leases, some of the same, some, um, you know, uh, were remastered. Others are original from the 70s. The bulk are, of my collection is from the 70s. They're original or second or third pressings, but all done in the 70s. Wow, that's dedication. So, thank you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been on or been tempted with the Kiss Cruise? I have not. I've always thought about it, but I've never gone. I've, I've just looked and, and seen a line. I was like, wow, it looks like such a great time. And uh, I know they just finished up their final, I guess, performance on a Kiss Cruise. I think in makeup, they stated next year that they'll be on there, but they're not going to do a, a makeup, you know, type concert. So, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, meeting them back in 2016, it, that was almost anything else. Yeah, it was the pinnacle. And I can't really top that. Not that I wouldn't want to see them again or even meet them again. But uh, a friend of mine told me once to go to Mardi Gras, but go one time. Don't go again. You'll be disappointed. It's not going to be as good. And right. I always look at it as that. Uh, I did it. It was a great time. It can't be recreated. Yeah, and I dread to I dread to think what the Kiss Cruise costs. I, I do too. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you have to sell the pinball machine. Exactly. My collection's gone, but I get on the cruise, so... <laughs> Well, I appreciate you talking to me. And, and talking to you, Tim, is enough to make anyone want to be a super fan of Kiss, I think. Well, thank you. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. It's been an honor to be part of the podcast. So there you have it. There's Tim, absolute legend. Did you look at the picture? I sent you the link for the pictures of his uh merchandise collection did you have a quick look at that i did yeah oh yeah amazing you impressed I've, I've got to say what i found doing doing my my research kiss fans are fanatical i mean there's there's so many people i found online that have got like whole rooms of just kiss merchandise yeah and um like around halloween they were all posting pictures of them of themselves 
going to Halloween parties dressed up as the band, like in full gear. It's it's incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, definitely way more than any other band we've covered. Like this, this is a band all about the merch. Not all about the merch. That's unfair. But the, but Ooh. yeah, I know. Cut the cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> no, they they you know there's there's not many Kiss fans out there who consider themselves a big fan of Kiss and they don't have some merch. No, exactly, exactly. And there is so much merch out there. It's it's unbelievable. It's like, like Funko Pops. Oh yeah, Tim's got the Funko Pops. Oh, brilliant. He's got um, the, the, um, the comic. There's a comic book uh, that was printed with their own blood. Bizarro. That's a, bit, that's a bit weird. Yeah, and and there's. I remember. I remember seeing in my local video game store there was a video game based on the Kiss pinball machine, or at least one of their pinball machines. I don't think any of the other bands we've covered have a pinball machine. No one's got a Kings of Convenience pinball machine, have they? <laughs> that would be the most. I mean, I love I love Kings of Convenience, but that would be the most dullest. That would be the that would slowest be the pinball machine. <laughs> that would be the slowest pinball machine ever. Yeah, it would just be really relaxing. You know, just like the ball would be covered in like like wool. <laughs> yeah, it would be, be full of air, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would just never hit the bottom. Oh, good times. Um, did you know? Well, well, I guess you found, you know, doing your research that. All four members released solo album each, mm. all at the same time. Yes, actually, I didn't know that there was so. I can't. I, I think I guessed there were solo albums, but actually, I didn't look into it. I just saw that. Yeah, that that year, seventy eight, was it? Seventy eight. Yeah. Seventy eight. They all there was four albums named after them. So I kind of guessed all their solo albums. So so is that the case then? So they decided we want side projects. Let's all just commit to doing a solo album this year, and then we'll get that together. I don't. I don't really know because because they've got the Kiss logo at the top and they've all got their special makeup on and they are official Kiss albums, but they are also solo albums. So like Ace Frehley's one hasn't got any of the other members on the credits list at all, you know. And and likewise for the others, it's a proper solo album, which is which is really interesting. Like, how did they promote that live? Like, did they play each other's songs? Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's it's an interesting idea. I, I guess it showcases each of them as a musician, you know, all their strengths. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is interesting, but it's also it wasn't that long into their career either. It's like five years in. Oh, I don't know. Is five years a long time? I don't think it's a long time. Um, maybe it is a long time for them because they they release so much, you know, for any band to release that much in that time. It's, yeah. it's a long time. Yeah, I think they've racked up oh, they've racked up, what, 21 studio albums or something. Oh, it's crazy. Absolutely uh, mad. It's a lot of music, yeah. It's really a lot of music. Very impressive. Cool guys. Yeah. Yeah. The Gene Simmons one, I'm just having a look at it. It had Joe Perry playing guitar. Oh, cool. Um, Bob Seeger, Donna Summer, Cher. Um, wow. I mean, that's that's cool, you know. Yeah, that's really cool. That's uh, You've almost sold that to me. I think I might go and listen to it. Yeah, have a listen. Mm. Do you know any other artist who has a pinball machine? Ooh. God. If you could, if you could play a pinball oh. machine about any other artist, which artist would you pick? Oh, I'm sure there's been an Iron Maiden. I'm sure I saw an Iron oh, Maiden. Oh, there's got to be. There's got to be, and there's got to be a um, Michael Jackson pinball machine, a Thriller one. Oh, definitely. God, yeah, um, yeah. I've just had a look. There's, there is an Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast Pro pinball machine. I actually, I actually went into a, when I visited Japan a few years ago. I went into a pinball machine. I guess it was an arcade, that's what you call it, but everything was a pinball machine. And there must be at least 200 pinball machines in there. 
Wow. That's like, awesome. Yeah, just like movies and um, yeah, a lot of bands, a lot of rock stars. Yeah, I just have a... so cool. I haven't seen a pinball machine in so many years. Yeah, I really haven't. I can't think. I can't think the last time I saw a pinball machine. I think I was a teenager. They are so niche, aren't they? But they are so cool as well. Like, like they just they just draw you in, don't they? Like you really want to try them. There was a game on the PC when I was in. It was probably like late nineties or maybe like mid nineties. I was quite young. So it like would have been one of those games that you put a floppy disk in, <laughs> or like has three yeah. floppy disks for MS DOS, uh, yeah. And I can't remember what it's called, but it was a pinball one. It was one like one of the well, one of our first home computers that we had. Um, we had like a handful of games on it. One of them was a pinball game. I remember that. Mm. No, I re- I remember now. It's coming to me. There was an ACDC one, and there was, of course, there was uh, there was one for the Who uh, with Tommy. Of course, the pinball wizard. Pinball was he? Of course, yeah. There was there was a Tommy pinball machine, yeah, and it, you know, and it plays stuff by the Who, and yeah, um, it had an airplane on it. <laughs> like yeah, obviously, obviously. Yeah. Why did we not think of that? Yeah, of course. It's it's such a cool cool piece of merchandise, isn't it? Like when you have a pinball machine about you, like you've, you've made, made it. Life, yeah, you? you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> All right, man. Cool stuff. If you're listening, thinking I'm a mega fan, just like Tim and you want to come on an episode, then please get in touch. You can uh, get in touch with us via the contact form on superfannews.net, or you can drop us an email at superfancast@outlook.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, just looking for Superfancast. And if you haven't checked out superfannews.net, please check that out as well. That's our uh, music media platform where you can uh, submit your own articles, submit your own reviews, Uh, and be the voice of music media thank you very much for joining us this week and hearing all about tim's collection and his passion for kiss and listening to us ramble on anything else from you matt no i just i'm gonna listen to kiss more and more now i just yeah it's it's put me in the mood all right good man well stay safe everybody keep rocking and we'll see you next time bye-bye